Turn with me in your New Testaments to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 35. We'll read that here in just a moment. But while you're turning there, I want to, want to uh, encourage you. Our, our, uh, our theme for, for the missions conference this year it's going to come from John chapter 4 and verse 35, which says, Jesus saith unto them, speaking his disciples, my meat is do the, the will of him that sent me and to finish his work, saying, not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and this is the part that is the theme, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. The, the theme is lift up and look. And uh, what I have found is this. You're not going to lift up your eyes. You're not going to look. You're not going to be concerned about uh, missions if you don't have the right heart. What we're going to look at this morning is the necessity and the need that all of us have for a, for a, a heart of compassion. And we'll see that illustrated in the verse that we're about to read. Let's all stand together, if you would. And if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17. Let's, let's read it together uh, out loud in unison. First John, John chapter 3 and verse 17. Let's read it together. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that, that you would speak to our hearts through your word this morning. May the Spirit of God have freedom in this place. May the Spirit of God have freedom in each and every one of our hearts to show us areas where maybe we have gotten a little bit on the cold side, a little bit on the apathetic side. So it's so easy. It's something that, that uh, as a Christian, I've had to fight on a continual basis. It's easy to get caught up in our own lives rather than to get caught up in the lives of others and have a heart of compassion. And yet, uh, Scripture tells us that if we don't have a heart of compassion, and the love of God is not residing in our hearts the way that it should. And so, God, we pray that you'd help us to see the importance of a compassionate heart this morning. Uh, Father, I pray that you'd, you'd speak to us, and as you do, may we say yes to you and make decisions that would please and honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, for it's in your name that we pray. All God's people said... Amen. You may be seated. That verse is a pretty pointed verse. It says, but, but whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Uh, boy, if there's any group of people that have this world's good, it's Americans. And uh, we, have, we have been blessed but sometimes uh, the, the blessings do not accompany a compassionate heart. And the Bible makes it very clear that, that compassion is, is an absolute necessity. 
Take your Bibles and turn with me over to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. It's illustrated in a, 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 an account that the Lord Jesus Christ gave at the end of Matthew 18 about a man who owed his Lord, the one whom he served, uh, a ton of money. And uh, there's, there's just because of the amount of money that he owed, uh, there's no way he was going to be able to pay him back, but he was willing to give it a try. And uh, he basically went to his Lord and said, could you just give me more time to pay it back? Well, the truth of the matter is uh, there wasn't enough time left in his life to pay back this amount of money because it was so large. But what the Lord did, what this man did for the man who owed money was that he forgave him the whole thing. And, uh, and he sent him on his way. Well, he found someone who came across his path that owed him money. And uh, the, the amount was extremely small in comparison to what he had owed the other man before he had it forgiven. And uh, rather than be compassionate, rather than be kind to him, he grabbed him and he shook him and he says, you, you're going to pay and you're going to pay now or I'm gonna, gonna, going to take action and throw you in jail. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, when we come into verses 32 and 33, it, it, his Lord finds this out and he says this in verse 32, then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou have had compassion on thy fellow servant, uh, even as I had pity on thee? And, uh, you know, over and over again, you find in Scripture, the Bible talks about the importance of compassion. When Jesus was on this earth, it says that when he saw certain groups of people, that his heart was moved with compassion. If you want to be like Jesus Christ, you're going, to have, you're going to have a compassionate heart. And what is compassion? Well, compassion is just simply the, the care and concern for the needs of others that move us to do something about it, to help, to meet those needs. It's not just sitting there and getting teary-eyed it's not just sitting there and having our heart uh, tugged and to feel heavy uh, because of the person's situation. A compassion is something that, that acts, that moves, that does something. Compassion is not sympathy. It's not the same. In fact, uh, many times people will try to equate sympathy and empathy uh, with compassion. They're, they're a part of it, but they are not compassion because compassion always does something. Sympathy is just simply feeling sorry for those in need or hurting, but not actively trying to do something to alleviate that problem, that situation. Empathy is feeling the pain with, with those who hurt or suffer needs, but again, it's, it's, it's more feeling than it is really doing. Compassion always involves doing something about the need or the hurt that we see. It's not a stagnant emotion. It's kind of like love. The uh, Bible says God so loved the world in John 3.16 that, that he gave his only begotten son. 
A true love acts. A true love does something. Uh, it, true, true love puts feet to the emotion. And it's the same way with compassion. Compassion is not just a, a stagnant, standalone emotion. It's something that moves us to, to actually do something about the situation. And it, it comes from the love of God that is in us. In fact, that, that verse that we started with this morning says, says uh, if we shut up our bowels of compassion from, from, from the person that has a need, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Uh, in other words, those two things are, are connected. You say you love God, but if you do nothing for people that have need, then you really don't have that love of God in you like you think you do. Uh, turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I don't, you know, I've heard people uh, over the years say, uh, this is my life verse, that is my life verse, uh, and they have a verse that they go by, and that's, that's all fine and dandy. I've, never, I've just never had one. Uh, I would say if, if I have anything at all, I've probably got a life passage. And, and my life passage would be found in the first few verses in, in Romans chapter 5 because it's, it really takes the whole Christian life and kind of puts it in a nutshell in verses 1 through 5. Look with me in verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So it starts with, uh, salvation and salvation only and always comes through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It comes at a point where you realize you're a sinner on your way to hell. The only way you can go to heaven is by turning from your sin and turning to Jesus Christ, trusting Him, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And that alone for the forgiveness of your sins it has nothing to do with your works, it has nothing to do with your efforts. It has nothing to do with what you have done, but everything to do with what Christ has done for you. And then you, you cry out to him for mercy and you get saved. Verse 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. One of the things I learned early in the Christian life was just because you're saved doesn't mean you're free from trouble. You're free from hell. That you're free from, amen? And praise the Lord for that. But you're not free from trouble, and as a matter of fact, as I, as I grew in my Christian life, I found out trouble was one of the things that God uses over and over again to help us and to, to grow us and to teach us some things we wouldn't learn any other way. So he goes on, and he, he says in verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given uh, unto us. So it, it, uh, it tells us that the thing that causes the love of God to grow in our hearts is the proper response to suffering and the proper response to troubles and difficulties in the Christian life. And as, as we do that, that grows. And as that grows, then we have 
more of a capability of having compassion uh, for others. Go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and look with me in verses 3 through 5. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5 says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye, do, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Now what he's saying there is he's saying the love of God develops in us as, as we are obedient to him. If we have an obedient heart, then that love of God will grow. And those, those two things are connected. As that love of God grows, then also our compassion has the possibility of growing. Look with me, if you would, over in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and verse, down in verse 5, it continues that idea where it says, but... Whoso keepeth the word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Uh, the more obedient we are, the more the love of God gets perfected in us. Now, what, where compassion comes from, is it comes from loving God. It comes from appreciation and thankfulness to God. And it also comes from a, an understanding of the mercy that we've received from God. We read, we read over in Matthew 18, verses 32 and 33, that, that uh, the, the Lord was upset with his servant because he did not have compassion for others, even though compassion was shown to him. You know, you can be the recipient of compassion and really not appreciate it. You can be the recipient of compassion, uh, but not, not fully grasp it. And, and uh, when, when that's the case, then we have a tendency to be cold. We have a tendency to be apathetic. Uh, when, when we realize how much mercy God has shown us, when we realize how much forgiveness God has shown us, that deepens not only our love for God and our appreciation for God, but it also deepens our compassion for others. And again, those things are all integrally connected. Uh, what, what does a, a, a compassionate heart, a heart that is, is full of, of care for others and wants to do something for others, what, what kind of things do compassionate hearts respond to? Uh, take your Bibles and, and turn with me to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. We'll look at some examples of compassion in Scripture. Exodus chapter 2, and I believe this is the very first time the word compassion is used in Scripture. Exodus chapter 2. And this is telling us about the, the story of Moses and how he was, because Pharaoh was having the, the uh, Jewish boys killed, he, that was his order. Now the, 
the, uh, the handmaids uh, didn't, did not kill all the Jewish boys, but that was his desire. And so uh, Moses' parents hid him in the bulrushes, made a little, made a little ark, put him in the water, and, uh, and hid him from the authorities. In uh, Exodus chapter 2, look down in verse 6. Uh, well, let's see. Let's, let's go up a little bit. Go up to verse 1. And, and there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when they saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his, his sister stood afar off uh, to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the water and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And you know the rest of the story. She, she, she uh, ended up having her own, or his own mother, which she didn't realize that there was that connection, but uh, own mother uh, uh, take care of him and watch over him. And he was, he was brought up in Pharaoh's household. But, but the, the reason why Moses lived one day to be the deliverer of, of Israel uh, from the hands of Pharaoh in Egypt is because there was a girl who had compassion. And she didn't just look at him and cry and, and have, have a soft heart. She did something about it. She did something. She was moved with compassion. Go with me to uh, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Compassionate hearts respond to urgent needs for help. Moses had an urgent need. There's a lady in, in uh, Luke chapter 7 that had an urgent need. Look down with me, if you would, in verse uh, 11. It says, and it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him in much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold... There was a, a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city were, was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. Now Jesus saw, uh, you know, saw that, that uh, she had lost her son and that her son was dead. Well, what did he do? He went over and he raised that boy from the dead. He'd been dead for some time, and he just simply went over and raised him from the dead. Uh, why did he do that? Because he had a heart of compassion. Compassion does something, and it responds to someone that has a, an urgent need. If you have the ability to help with an urgent need, if you have compassion, you will do something about it. Uh, go to Luke chapter 10. 
Luke chapter 10 and verses, verses 30 and 33. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 says, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he, was on, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. There was a, a wounded traveler who had been, had been robbed and beaten up. And two, uh, you know, other men stopped, uh, went past him and just did nothing about it. They might, have, they might have had some empathy. They might have had some sympathy. But they did not have compassion because they did not do anything about it. This man, however, not only, not only uh, looked and had, had a heart of compassion, but he, he was moved by that heart of compassion to do something. He picked him up. He took him to an inn. He dressed his wounds. He took care of him. He paid for the time that was there. And in other words, again, what, what a heart of compassion does is it responds to, to urgent needs. And it, it, it is willing to pay whatever price is necessary and whatever price they can pay uh, in order to, to alleviate the situation. An, another thing that a compassion heart responds to is the, the discernment of a great need. It, it, it discerns that there is a need and there, therefore uh, acts accordingly. Go to Matthew chapter 36. Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. If you've got 36 chapters in the book of Matthew, you need to get another Bible. Matthew chapter 9. And well, let's, let's go up to verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. He saw the spiritual need that, that, that Israel had, and it caused him to tell his disciples, you need to pray. Uh, one of the things that compassion will do is it'll cause you to pray for others. It'll cause you to, to care enough for, for others to take time out of your busy schedule and ask God to intervene on their behalf. You know, that's one of the reasons why we, we print our, our missionary letters uh, that come in from all the missionaries that we support. Because I, I not only want you to give, which is a good thing to do, because they wouldn't be there if they didn't have churches back here in the States that were supporting them and, and helping them to be able to accomplish the mission that they're about. But uh, 
if they, if they don't have the power of God on them, they're not going to be able to do what God's called them to do. So it's important to pray. And what we need to know is we need to know what it is they need. And, and uh, if you have a heart of compassion, you'll spend some time in prayer because you discern what the great need is. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Here's another example. Matthew 14. And in Matthew 14, look in verse 14 with me. Matthew 14 and verse 14. Matthew 14, 14, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Now you go down to verses 19 and 20, and it says, And he, he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat or filled and they took up uh, of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. Uh, Jesus saw that they had a need. They had, they had physical needs of being healed. They also had physical needs of being fed. He took care of both of those things. Why? Because he had compassion on them. And, and again, uh, he saw that, that uh, uh, there was something that needed to be done, and he didn't just sit there and feel sorry for them. He actually did something about it. But he was able to, just by looking at the people, discern the need. What I found is this. When the love of God grows in my heart, so does my discernment. I can, I can discern when somebody's hurting. I can discern better. Uh, when someone has a specific need. Uh, when that love of God grows, uh, your heart and God's heart get just a little bit closer to each other. And uh, when, when, when you have a heart like God has, you'll see the needs and you'll see the, the things that are necessary to take care of that God sees. Go with me to, to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, look in verse 34 with me. Mark chapter 6 and verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Sometimes compassion will, will move you to be a, a help and a blessing to someone. It might not, it might not cost you dying. It might just be imparting something to them that will be a, 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 a source of strength and encouragement. Uh, Jesus saw they lacked leadership, and so, so he taught them. And by teaching them, he helped fulfill a need that they had. So compassion is able to discern and understand and then act upon great needs that it sees. Another thing that, that compassion does is, is it responds to humble pleas for help. Uh, go to Matthew 15. Matthew chapter 15. I, you know, aren't you glad this morning? Aren't you glad that you've got a Savior who's compassionate? You know, uh, you study other religions, and one of the things that I, I find a big, big gap between Buddhism and Christianity and between Islam and Christianity and 
the various cults in Christianity, uh, even false ideas of Christianity and true Christianity. One of the things that I, I find to be a huge difference is that our God is a compassionate God. He's not sitting up in heaven just angry all the time. He looks down at us and with compassion. It says that he knows that we are but dust. Man, I'm glad for that. It doesn't just mean he has the knowledge. It means, means he looks at it and says, man, I feel sorry for those folks. I do, have, I do, I do care for them, but I'm going to do something for them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to help them because they're a real mess. I'm thankful for that because I'm often a real mess. Amen? And you are too. And uh, just be thankful that you have a, a God who is compassionate to you. But that should cause us to want to be compassionate toward others. And one of the things that a compassionate heart will respond to is a humble plea for help. Uh, look, in, look at Matthew 15 and uh, look down in verses... Um, 21 through 28, verse 21. This is one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture. It says, Then, then Jesus went, went uh, thence and departed into the, the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto them, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her, Not a word. He totally, absolutely, completely ignored her. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. Get rid of this woman. What a, what a reception, huh? That doesn't sound like compassion. Verse 24, but, but he answered and said, I am not only sent, uh, I, I, am, I am, let me try that again. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Now, he just got done saying, you know, I'm only come to the lost sheep of Israel. That's, the, that's first, first to Israel and then to the rest of the world, but first to Israel. And, and she was a, a Gentile woman. Uh, verse 25, then, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. I mean, this lady is bending over backwards because of the severity of the situation with her daughter. In verse 26, but he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was, was made whole from that very hour. Uh, even though, you know, what he was doing in those other, those other responses, he was testing this woman. And he was testing her for her humility. And he found her to be humble. And because she was humble, uh, she, he, he, he went ahead and showed compassion on her. And, and uh, the evil spirit was cast out of of, the, of her daughter at, at, a, at a distance. Um, you know, she, she showed her humility by saying, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs. She was saying, yep, I'm a dog, but even the dogs eat the crumbs. Could you just give me a crumb? And when he saw that humility, 
A person that, that has a heart of compassion can discern a humble spirit. And when it sees a humble spirit, it does whatever it can to help. Uh, Matthew chapter 20. Go over to Matthew 20. And look down at verse 30 and 34. Matthew 20 and verse 30. It says, uh, And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Uh, let's read on down. Uh, and the, the, the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Uh, again, he seemed to ignore them. I, you know, you're talking the Lord Jesus Christ here. We're talking God in the flesh. He knew they were there, but he was testing their humility. And when he saw that humble heart, uh, he healed those, those two blind men who cried out for mercy. Go to, go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. In Mark 1, look down in verses 40 through 41. Mark 1, 40, it says, uh, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. And you find those, those two words often linked together, compassion and moving. In other words, compassion moves you to do something about it. Uh, it, it it's, he says, and moved uh, with compassion. And I just lost my place. 41, 41 thank you, dear. Uh, and Jesus moved with compassion. Uh, put, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. So, so he did something because this man beseeched him. Again, that, that, shows, that shows humility. That's a prayer with urgency. And he knelt down in front of him. He had a humble heart. And then go to, go to Luke 15. Luke 15 contains the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son went to his father and said, listen, I want my inheritance. I want it early. Uh, give it to me now and let me go. And he went and he, he, he spent it in a far country. Uh, and he ended up living with a hog, slopping hogs and eating hogs food. And uh, he realized that he came. In fact, the Bible says he came to himself. And uh, he realized that uh, his father's servants had it better than he had. And so he decided to repent and to, to go back to his father. And in, in verse 20 of uh, chapter 15, verse 20 says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And he received him, and he gave him a ring, gave him shoes, and gave him a robe, and, and threw a party, and he was excited about it. Uh, he, because the, the prodigal returned, uh, his, his father uh, ended up 
uh, doing something about it because of his compassion. He didn't run after his son because the son had to come to himself. But when he came to himself in a humble fashion, then, uh, then his, his dad did something. Uh, compassion uh, responds to humble pleas for help. Uh, if you have a compassionate heart, you'll respond uh, to these kind of needs and these kind of hurts. And if not, you won't. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll get cold. And I, there have been times when I've responded properly because I've had a heart of compassion. Can I be honest with you? There are times when I have not because I've gotten cold. And that's not where you want to be. And it's easy to get there. Uh, you know, the uh, Bible says, uh, the very first verse that we read, uh, whoso hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God to him? That's shutting up your bowels of compassion. You know what that is? That's being self-centered. That's uh, caring more for yourself than you care for others. That's allowing uh, you to get to revolve around it's all about me. Uh, it causes you to have a pity party for yourself instead of being concerned and caring for the needs that others have. Uh, if we have compassion, we'll act upon it and we'll respond with, a, with the resources that God has given us, even to the point where we'll be willing to sacrifice. One of the reasons why we have a missions conference is so you can... So you can uh, respond to and act upon compassion for others. Uh, when, when God says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, I realize we can't do that ourselves. I mean, we can't physically go everywhere. But you can send people. You can send people. And we've sent literally people all over the world through our missions program. And, but, but what it's going to take in order for us to do what God wants us to do this next year. It's going to take a heart of compassion. Uh, you know, the good, the good Samaritan uh, drew from his own resources in order to minister to the, the wounded traveler. Uh, he took what God had given to him, and he gave it to someone else because that, some, that other person had a need. And, and we are, as God's people, we're... It's not just a luxury that we can be compassionate because God's shown us mercy. It's a command. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, look with me in, in verses, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. says, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye are therefore called that ye should inherit a blessing. You notice what's right at the top of the list when he's given that whole list of commands. He, he, right at the very top of the list is to be compassionate, to be compassionate. Have a, have a heart of compassion. Look with me 
Uh, go over to the book of Jude. Again, book of Jude, verses 21 through 23. And this is why, this is why compassion is so, so necessary. By the way, uh, compassion will cause you to pass out tracks. We have some folks that just this last week went to a, another city, another area, took a bunch of tracks, penards. Did they do this every year? They, they, go, they go to a, it's a garage sale up there, right, Bob? It's a garage sale. And they take a whole bunch of chick tracks and they, they pass them out. I was asking him how it went. And he, he made, made comments. He said, well, he says, got a lot of no's. He says, but got enough yeses to get 500 tracks out. Man, that's a bunch of tracks. That's a bunch of tracks. You know what causes somebody to do that? And I don't say this to pat them on the back, but it's just true. Uh, if you have compassion, you'll pass out tracks. And if you don't, you won't. It's that simple. If you have compassion, you'll witness. And if you don't, you won't. And sometimes we just get wrapped up in us instead of getting wrapped up in the things that really count and really matter for God. Uh, Jude 21 through 23, this kind of sums it up. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion. And again, that's a command. Some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. But what, what he says there is compassion makes a difference. Compassion makes a difference. Let me, let me just leave you uh, with, uh, with some uh, ways, just real simple things that we can do to uh, develop a, a heart of compassion. First of all, uh, if you want to you get more compassionate, focus on God's mercy on a daily basis in your life. In Matthew 18, we saw that the man didn't have, didn't have compassion because he didn't really comprehend the mercy that, that was shown to him. So focus on God's mercy to you. Secondly, enlarge your heart by, by praying for others that are in need. Um, Spend time in prayer and, and ask, ask, ask God to take care of the needs of, of others that you may or may not be able to have a part in. There are times when you can, you can actually you know, uh, uh, contribute either by time or care or money or, or some kind of investment in your life. Uh, there's other times you can't. Okay, For the, you know we can we can give money to our missionaries. We can't always we can't always spend time with them. Uh, you know it was a it was a bittersweet time at the airport on Thursday. I, I was I was glad to see our family get on you know get on that plane and and uh, go back off to to Brazil because God's called them there. But on the other hand, won't see them for another three to five six year. Who knows? It's been six and a half years. Uh, before their first furlough. Uh, you, you just don't know. Um, but one thing I can always do is we can always pray. And, and that's putting and investing in others. Uh, so focus on God's mercy to you. Uh, enlarge your heart by praying for others. And then thirdly, 
Uh, turn personal suffering into compassion for others. Um, because God has uh, allowed you to go through some things, you ought to care and be concerned for other folks that go through things, whether they're the same things or not. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1, look down in verse 4. It's talking about the Lord and that he's full of mercies and comfort. He's a God of all comfort. He's a God of all mercy. Verse 4, who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Doesn't that just have to be what we've been through? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. In other words, it, the, the thing that causes us to want to help others is the fact that God's comforted us and he's been a blessing to us. Now listen, you've got to go through trouble to have that. But trouble's not a bad thing. Trouble's something that softens our hearts and causes us to be compassionate to others. One of the purposes of, of, of difficulty and trouble and suffering is to give us compassion for other people in their situation. And then last of all, look for ways. Just you know, constantly be on the lookout for ways that you can do good to all men. The Bible says do good to all men, especially of them that are of the household of faith. But you won't do that if you don't have a compassionate heart. Let me, let me just conclude by giving you just some questions that you can ask yourself that will help you maybe evaluate whether or not your heart is a, is a heart of compassion. Are, are you moved to compassion when you see a group of people in need of Christ? Do you do something? You pass them out of track. Do you try to get a verbal witness in? Uh, do you pray that God will send forth laborers into his harvest? One of the things that, uh, one of the goals I always have for every missions conference is that we be in prayer to ask God to send laborers into his harvest. One of the things that, one of the dilemmas that is has hit America and also hit the mission field, but I really see it here, um, and we see it in our own state, is that uh, there's churches without pastors, but there's nobody to fill them. There's no laborers. You know, we say, well, it's because there's some people that, that uh, God called and they said no. Yeah, you're right. That's probably true. But how much of you and I prayed for laborers to go into the harvest? Maybe the reason they said no is because nobody was praying for them specifically to say yes. When a, when a neighbor has a need, do you say, let me know if I can help, hoping he will not call on you to help? Or, or do you find a way to show compassion? When you see a, a disabled person, do you provide practical help? Uh, do, you, do you have funds or skills that are available to help those who have a real need? Uh, who was the last person who asked you for help and how did you help them? Is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts or do we shut up our bowels of compassion from others? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you speak to our hearts this morning and help us to examine ourselves and just see if that love of God is really abiding strong in our hearts or maybe we've gotten a little cold.
Lord, it's something that I have to constantly be on the aware of myself. I have to be on guard. It's easy to get cold. It's easy to be apathetic. But God, you've told us that we ought to be known for our compassion. I am so glad I have a Savior who's known for his compassion. You've been compassionate upon me over and over and over again. And sometimes it's because I've come to you humbly and sometimes I haven't been too humble, but you've still shown compassion. And I, th I thank you for that. I thank you for your patience. But Lord, help us to realize that we have received much mercy and we have received much compassion. We need to pass it on to others. Lord, help us to be known as a compassionate people, as a compassionate church, a church that wants to see people saved because we were lost, a people that, that uh, desires to see people's needs met because we've had needs, uh, a people that has a heart for people that are hurting because we've been hurt, hurt and you've taken us through those hurts and you often use others to do that very thing. God, speak to hearts this morning May decisions be made for you to, to just, maybe, maybe there's somebody here this morning who's not saved and never met the compassionate Savior. Well, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Maybe there's someone here this morning who's gotten a little cold and they realize it. They just want to come to the altar and just say, Lord, give me a heart for others. Help me to be merciful to others like you have been merciful, so abundantly merciful to me. Father, just have your will, have your way in this invitation and in our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.